Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Randall Show, we talk about how we deal with chronic medial epicondylitis that just doesn't seem to get better. The Ask Mike Reinhold Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Champion PT Performance up in Boston, Massachusetts. Mike Scaduto, Lenny Macrina, Dave Tilly, Dan Pope here answering all your amazing questions. PT, fitness, sports performance, business, gymnastics, anything. What else? Game of Thrones. I cannot I wait to see what the finale is like. <laughs> cannot wait to see the finale. Totally, at some point In the next few years, you want to make some predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make some good predictions on it. This is, I, that's not going to. It's like Leon first Kepka. Awesome, Len. What, who do we have for students today? We have today. We have Karame Aria. Sheft, we're gonna give her a Game of Thrones name, Arya. Sheft. She comes to us from Belmont University in Nashville. And um, uh, a fact about Kara uh, May Sheft is she grew up in the farms of New Jersey where she went uh, cow tipping every weekend. Uh, Nick. Jacopello Acapello from uh-huh. Toro University, Toro the Bull. The Bull! Uh, where they specialize in lawn care. If you they need any John of your lawn Snow care Wars. needs, contact Nick Jacopello in Toro John College Jacopello. in New York. He will, uh, he'll help you out and get a new lawnmower. Do you think, you're, you think any of your professors will fun, fun fact about Nick is he does it all with it. <laughs> Nick does all the lawn care with a single pair of scissors. The whole thing. Wow. wow. Laid by blade. Seems inefficient. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take hey. it away, take it away, right. Ta- Well, that rhymed. It's pretty good. Is it yeah. Billy Madison? Or he's like, down by the bay, I just made. <laughs> On golf joke. Pretty good Billy Madison reference right there. All right, we have Janine from Tacoma, Washington. What suggestions do you have for treating medial epicondylitis? I find their connections to shoulder stability and rotator cuff engagement strength. I also have worked with subscapularis, teres major, lats, and triceps motor release via acupuncture and instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization. What is your opinion on this stubborn condition? What's your name again? Janine. Janine. Janine, good question on medial epicondylitis. I mean, definitely a very stubborn one, like you said. So it sounds like you have found some success by treating proximal, right? By treating the shoulder, working on some some stuff there, and you found some success, and I think that's great. Um, I, I still think there's a bunch of other things that probably go into medial epicondylitis, especially when you're talking, like you just said here, you're clearly talking about like a chronic one, like that though that lingering one, that one that kind of keeps coming back. I think that's, you know, that's a little different. Anybody can, you know, go paint a bedroom for a weekend out of nowhere and get an acute acute medial epicondylitis that goes away in a week and I don't I don't think any of us struggle with that. It's more about that like uh, you know unrelenting is that that's a big word. We, wow. use, we we use that in journal articles a lot. Wow. Unrelenting. Pain. 
yeah, pain that you can have from chronic. So, all right, who wants to start? Chronic medial epicondylitis. Golfer's elbow. Let's go it's with the golfer elbow. treatment strategy. Fun, fun fact about golfer's I, elbow. I was going to say, how many golfers really get this? <laughs> yeah, so uh, medial epicondylitis, known as golfer's elbow, you're actually, as a golfer, you're five times more likely to get lateral epicondylitis, which is tennis elbow. Wow. So we 500 should, we should, times? Well, five times. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, oh, that's 500%. 500%? <laughs> Dang, I've never so figured a golf. Typically happens, you get lateral epicondylitis on your lead arm and medial on the, on the trail arm. That's the typical presentation. But, yeah, so it's... it's <laughs> I, I just had just a, fun facts. a great idea for a new weekly segment in the podcast episode. It's fun facts by Mike Scaduto. Fun facts with Mike Scaduto. It's all day long. Yeah. This, this guy can win any Jeopardy. That's related to physical therapy. That's Usually awesome. they're not. But. And, 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 and he's actually really good. And he does it so well that we have no idea if it's accurate or if he's completely <laughs> just making it up. So like fun fact. Human Snapplecast. So new podcast. We're going to do a whole new podcast. Fun yeah. facts by Mike Scaduto. Right. And Jack Andy. Yeah, no I, think, I think part of uh, what I've, I've found treating these injuries is figuring out whether it's a repetitive microtrauma injury or true chronic pain in the tendon. So are they doing things that are, are aggravating the tendon on a daily basis that are just restarting that process, and that's why it's nagging, uh, it's nagging them for so long? So someone like uh, who I treated that had medial condylitis, who was a golfer, uh, we looked at, you know, um, their practice schedule, and we found out that they were practicing golf too much. We know that str- puts a lot of stress on the flexor pronator. Um, we know the impact force of hitting off a driving range mat is, is high through the medial elbow. Um, so we kind of reduced some of those things, reduced the um, acute trauma to the elbow, and then treated it through progressive loading of the tendon in those in those structures. So I don't know. That's that's one thing to kind of differentiate. That's a good one. I like that. So just... I a lot of I, everybody always wants to look for a magic treatment when sometimes the answer is by doing less, not what can we do, but what can they do less of, right? Because it's often a workload management thing. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Yep. I was sure if you, you keep going there. All right. Anyway, who else got some good tidbits on medial epicondylitis? I know Dan Pope does. I love elbows. <laughs> yeah. Those tendons. Well, I, I kind of see a weird population. I don't say weird, but I see a lot of fitness people. Right? Pretty weird. Yeah. Pretty weird. Sorry. Um, weird. Yeah. It's similar to golf, though. I mean, you have to know the sport. You have to, I think a lot of times when people come to us, they're coming to us because they tried other PTs. And I'm, I'm not trying to bash all other PTs, but I think the big thing is that sometimes they don't understand. <laughs> what the athlete is dealing with and what they want to do on a regular basis. Um, what I tend to see is people with medial elbow pain that happens with a lot of pull-ups, um, a lot of ring work, so trying to hold an aggressive false grip, right? And also rope climbs, just because it puts so much stress right in this area here. Mm-hmm. Um, so two things. I think for one, unloading is a big part of that. So if you understand the movements that really cause a whole bunch of pain and irritation, we can back off of those. The other piece is that I am really interested in trying to load this as much as I can to get it stronger, right? And in some cases, I think you know, what we've done a little bit in terms of the shoulder, um, and I think a little bit in the knee too, is that we, we get so excited about the proximal muscles. You know, it's like, oh, let's work the shoulder um, for Achilles tendinopathy, let's work the glutes. For knee pains, let's work the glutes. But I do think that we have to make sure we really load up this area well. It has to be specific to the movements the person wants to get back to. So a lot of times I'll just do a lot of false grip ring rows, so we're actually doing the almost the same exact stress. Um, but at a lower level, and then we change the dosage some. So let's say we're not doing it 
um, a ridiculous dosage on one day during the week, which sometimes happens to these athletes. If a workout pops up, that's just a ton of stress in that area. Um, but we are stressing it on more frequent basis, let's say three times a week, but less volume and one specific dosage, I guess. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is I just was working with a, a swimmer with medial um, elbow pain, and I think for, for those folks, uh, they probably need to get stronger in the shoulder, but in a really specific way, right? So if you're like doing like a crawl stroke, freestyle stroke, we're, we're basically doing some internal rotation of the shoulder at a funky angle, and I basically gave them that exercise specifically for the shoulder because I think that's a movement that the shoulder needs to be able to handle, but same thing with the tendon. So um, I think the specificity is going to be really important, but it's, you know, it's, I don't know, no secret. It's kind of like figuring out what the person needs, uh, unloading and then reloading appropriately. Right. So in, in unloading only because there's an acute flare up, right? That's in just to, you know, take the key parts of that up there and then reintroducing the load, but in a more gradual nature. Yeah, I think the other thing though is that unloading is not necessarily unloading. That unloading is maybe not the right word, but changing that dosage some because I almost never deloading. Yeah, deloading because I'm, I'm sometimes I'm actually increasing the total stress on that area, right? Uh, but just in a smaller doses, more uh, frequently throughout the course of the week, right? You know? sure. Just not having these big spikes, which ends up you know irritating people and right. not having people heal over the course of time, right? So. And, and most adults aren't trying to do you know you know ring work as no. their profession. No. So what they're doing is they're going going to the gym for an hour and they're they're scuffling and they want to get better at it because they're competitive at it and they're just overdoing it and then you know it's just it's just too much yeah so awesome anything else anybody else want to jump in yeah i think the dosage is very important for the the general world like you were kind of alluding to unfortunately a lot of people have like trades or jobs where they require gripping all day long or overhead work and gripping and i think that that is where i used to see a lot of people have a tough time is they didn't know how to do their job without using their elbow. So I think it comes down to finding alternative strategies to use, you know, your other hand, use somebody else, try to change the work of a daily like requirement so you can maybe break it up into smaller chunks. I think that some people have more issues with their trade than their workout sometimes. So it's, you gotta be creative sometimes with how they can do that because obviously they have to make money that way. I'm personally living like this with my wife. She's got lateral epicondylitis. She's not a golfer, but she teaches fitness classes. So she's, her elbow is just flamingly hot right now for weeks if not months and she's screaming at me that I'm not helping her but she teaches every day multiple <laughs> classes a day so she's it's, it's a struggle so so, so it's kind of interesting that I, I, well I kind of wanted to throw it at Dave and then Mike jump in right here let me ask you a question Dave if somebody has been doing the same job for 20 years right why do you think that job overloaded them because let's say their workload hasn't changed they should be quite accustomed to the stress of that mm -hmm. job what's changed yeah, I think there's a couple things too. I think there's definitely an aspect of just age tends to just treat tendons a little bit not as friendly, don't recover as that's well. True, that's true. Yeah. Hydration status of the tendon might not be as good, blood flow, whatever it is. But I also do think that as people do more of their job for longer, they typically have to you know spend less time on things to prepare them for it. So most people who are working right. don't wake up and warm up to go to work. You know what I mean? They don't have a routine, something like that. So I think if you, some people just kind of like dive into a large project. I, I mean, I'm only thinking of people I treat a lot of construction workers in my first job. People which should literally just drive to, drive to work and start hanging sheetrock for five hours. So sometimes just literally giving them like a, a morning routine to get their elbow ready for that is important. Of like a little bit of heat, soft tissue care before they go, stretching, just basic stuff that we would do in an athlete they have never really been accustomed to. They just think, I wake up and I work. So sometimes I think that the progressive nature of how much volume they're doing in large jobs is an issue. I don't know if this is what Mike was getting at, but I, I do think that there is, like if you do a sport, right, and this is very well documented, it's like, at least in the tendon research, the more you do a specific activity, the more likely you are to have like a tendinopathy, right? Whether or not that tendinopathy causes pain is, is another story, but the other part is that you do wear and tear on your body by doing things, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? 
So I think that there's an idea that, okay, if we have the right dosage of everything, um, we'll be a-okay. Mm -hmm. But I think the other part is that we're constantly wearing our bodies. And our bodies are meant to wear, but every once in a while, things are just going to get more painful. Like a runner is going to have more Achilles pain generally than the, uh, a regular person on the streets just because they're stressing that tendon, you know. All and maybe they have great programming, but just you're stressing that area. After a while, your body's going to be like, whoa, it's a lot of stress. You know, we have to be careful. Sometimes it gives you pain, right? Or you have right. something breaks down. So, right. um, Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and, and putting you guys both together, like, you know, tissues change over time. So, you know, if you've been doing a job for 20 years, your tendon looks a lot different than it did 20 years ago, right? But you're doing the same load every day. So the only thing I'd add, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised nobody brought this up right now. I mean, the number one thing for, yeah, cervical. I mean, the number one thing when it's unrelenting and you can't figure out why it's not getting better, I, I, don't, I almost go cervical. Maybe I go cervical too often, but I think it's like cervical. And then you always see the analogy of the person like, look like, so if something's happening, happening cervical and you're getting, you know, a, it's a five lane highway and one of, your, one of your lanes has traffic and you got four lanes of information going down instead of five, you're still living life at 100%, right? But you only have 80% coming down from your neck. You're technically overloading your body now at 20%. It just comes down to a workload thing. Even though what you are doing hasn't changed, the capacity of your elbow has dropped 20%, so your workload is now 20% too high. Um, I, I, anytime uh, something isn't getting better and we adjust the workloads appropriately, which I think we nailed, which is probably what we would do first every time, it's still not getting better, I think we gotta figure out what's going on. So I don't know, I mean, anybody disagree that neck's like a, you know, I don't know, man? Ladies on board. Yeah, good. Awesome. All right, good question, good episode. I appreciate that one. Head to MikeRyland.com, click on that podcast link, and you can ask more questions like that. And be sure to go to iTunes and Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe to this so we can keep doing these cool episodes for you guys. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRyland.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.